Welcome to the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast. We are Heather and Katie, owners of Bar Path Fitness, here to help you sift through the bullshit and toxic misinformation that permeates the fitness industry. Today, we have a Q&A podcast. All right, team, you know the drill. We have three questions. And if you want to ask us questions to answer, join our Facebook group, Stronger Than Your Boyfriend. Hit us up on the social meds at Bar Path Fitness, on Instagram, TikTok. Email us if you're cool. Yes, that's probably it. Okay. (laughs) Question number one. Why is it so hard to gain muscle while breastfeeding? Yeah, I feel like there's a lot that goes into this. And Heather's going to get a little bit more into the hormone part. Not much. Not much. But yeah, essentially like your body is prioritizing feeding a baby. So you will need more energy to produce more energy. So you, long story short, you need to eat more calories, right? Also, you just had a baby, so this isn't the best time to make huge strides in the gym. You have a you have another more important thing happening right now. So, uh, yeah, you can try to maintain, like do your lifting, try to get enough protein, try to you know a lot of calories. But uh, this isn't the time where you're just going to maximize your muscle growth, right? And you will gain it back after you're done breastfeeding, after things kind of level out. So, yeah. Having said that, though, it is important to try to work out to maintain exactly um, and try to maintain some muscle mass here even if you're feeling like building it might be a little slow and the reason for that as katie alluded to with hormones is your hormones are just different right now right like your body is focusing on producing milk and there's actually like a hormone that is a milk producing hormone that is you know using a lot of of your i guess i don't know your body (laughs) but uh all of the hormones that you know you need to build muscle are going to be a little bit lower so everything is it's just going to be a little more difficult for you to gain muscle while breastfeeding because of this you're also probably experiencing lack of sleep yeah. or an interrupted sleep schedule because you have a baby. Uh, so that really impacts our ability to recover and build muscle when yeah. we're not getting enough sleep as well. So it's kind of like a, you know, like the perfect storm here of not being able to build muscle, unfortunately. However, it is important to continue uh, to train and work out um, to have, you know, a healthy body, a healthy baby, etc. Yeah. Is the hormone prolactin, by the way? I think Am so. I just- okay, that's what I thought. I don't know why I know that. Um, Trained a lot of pregnant people. So anyways, yeah. So I just, you have to think about this time in your life as just a season in your life, right? This probably for the next year, your body doesn't really want to maximize muscle growth, but you still need to train. You still want to maintain what you have and you can probably build a little muscle if you're really on point with everything. But like Heather said, you're you're not really going to be sleeping and everything probably won't be on point because you're going to have a crying baby, lack of sleep, and that's going to be where most of your attention <clears throat> is at. So just we're trying to note on the mindset here, like definitely stick to like a two to three day per week full body plan if you can. And I wouldn't even push the intensity right now because, again, of the lack of energy and the yeah. lack of sleep. Yeah. Just eat enough like I, what is it? Do you need like 300 extra more calories per day? I don't know the exact science on it, but it's well, something now I have homework. Heather has to fact check, but it's something like I'm that sure when you're everyone breastfeeding, is different. everyone is dif- different, but I think that's like the general average recommendation. So it's not a ton of calories more, but if you are trying to build muscle during this time, you're going to need to eat the extra calories for the, the breast milk production and then eat more if you want to actually build muscle tissue. Right. But again, like I really wouldn't try to maximize it at this time, but 
eat, make sure you're eating enough protein, make sure you're staying hydrated. And yeah, it's just the energy demands of, bre- you know, breastfeeding and literally a baby is very high. So you just kind of have to eat accordingly. So. I had no idea that the CDC actually has a recommendation. Oh, yeah. What is it? The CDC says an additional 330 to 400 oh, kilocalories wow. per day. So okay. 330 so, yeah. to 400 calories per day so, yeah, for breastfeeding. A, and honestly, I feel like a lot of people, I feel like people will have mixed feelings about that. Like, oh, yeah, I get to eat more or, oh, my God, I don't want to eat more. I feel like it's going to be hard for a new mom to try and eat enough food because they're going to be so sleep deprived. They're probably not thinking about food. I know most of the the pregnant people that I've trained and, you know, uh, post postpartum, you know, family members, etc. Like we literally the people around them have to literally force them to eat. It's really hard because all of your thought thoughts, energy focus is around the baby. So again, like it's just a season in your life. Once you're done breastfeeding, once you have a schedule with the baby, then you can really push it in the gym. But just try to maintain right now. But, yeah. you know, again, it's your personal choice, but you'll you'll gain the muscle back. If you felt if you feel like you've lost muscle, you will gain it back yes. once you can, you know, bring the intensity up and totally. eat more, et cetera. So totally. and sleep. So, OK, question number two, how can I lean out without counting calories? OK, so I feel like I want to just address leaning out versus getting shredded. Because I feel like people have... Don't we have a whole episode Yeah, on But just to touch again, I feel like when a lot of people say, I want to lean out, they really want to get shredded. And you literally cannot get shredded without counting calories. But you can lean out a little bit. And we're going to go over yeah. some strategies to do so. You just have to have... Make sure you're being realistic with your expectations for this. So first and foremost, like we've always said, you have to focus on protein. Okay? So if you're not tracking it... Usually what I see is that if people think they're eating a lot of protein, you're still you still probably need more because it's not as much as you think. Like I've had so many clients that are like, yeah, I eat a ton of protein. And then I actually like get them to track their food. And it's like four ounces of chicken for dinner, like an egg or two for breakfast and like maybe four ounces of chicken for lunch with their salad. And like that's barely any protein. OK, that's definitely not the optimal range. So you probably need to eat more protein. And now I'm going to go to something that literally says the opposite. You basically just have to eat less than what you're eating now. Okay. <laughs> so like eat less calories in general, but may, make sure you're getting enough protein. So those are the two things you have to focus on. So, okay. For example, maybe you take out your snacks and you give your, or, and, or you give yourself less carbs in whatever meal you're eating. So let's say for dinner, you have beef and a cup of rice and whatever veggie, et cetera. Maybe you just cut down the cup of rice to a half cup, right? It doesn't need to be anything crazy and it doesn't have to be anything that you won't, you know, complete, you won't notice so like that it's so much in your face, right? That you're just cutting out an entire food group. And I say cut your carbs, but you can cut whatever you want besides protein. You can cut your carbs or fat. Just be wary of the amount of fat that you are eating because you there is an essential amount, meaning you have to get enough through food. But other than that, you can drop your carbs a little bit one day, drop your fat a little bit one day just to be eating less. So, but again, you're going to have to be aware of it if you're not tracking it. Okay. So you don't need to like measure every single gram, but again, like maybe we take out a snack here and day here and there, take out the snacks during your day here and there. And just maybe you're eating less total in your meals just to make sure that you're eating less calories. Um, also like just make sure you move, move more throughout your day. So just to create more of that energy deficit. So yeah, I do want to put out there that tracking is still the best thing to do at first, right? So like, if you've never tracked before, and you're trying to do this, I, 
I always be really recommend, hard. yeah, because it is hard. You don't have to do it forever. I only do it sometimes, but the, it's the times that I do it is usually when I'm either thinking about a little bit more about my aesthetics or because I am trying to get really strong and I want to make sure I hit my protein and, and all that jazz. But um, there are things like cooking oils, peanut butter, sauces, things like that, that when I eyeball them, I am so wrong. Um, and so tracking that stuff and having it, it, it does add up. So those little things are important and it can be done without tracking, but it is tough. And it is easier if you at least understand the basics of what things look like first. So you like track for a little bit. So you understand like, oh, this is what four ounces of chicken looks like. This is what a tablespoon of peanut butter yeah. looks like. You know, then it's easier to estimate later if you've at least gone through it a little bit. Yeah, this is actually a really good point because a lot of people, you know, they'll think they're eating like three ounces of chicken breast, but really it's like seven. Like you'd be surprised how much how many ounce or how small of a portion yeah uh, serving sizes for chicken or the really what gets people is like sweet potatoes or fruit mm -hmm. it's like they're yeah. getting they're you know they think they're eating a medium banana but really it's an extra <laughs> large or like yes. for me when i weighed out a sweet potato for the first time i'm like you know just eyeballing it i'm like yeah this is totally a medium sweet potato it was like an extra large like i weighed yeah. the grams and i'm like holy shit i've been yeah. eating like two to 300 calories more well maybe like 200 ish more calories than i thought oh, in yeah. carbs because of this you know it's it's not as big as you think that serving can, size nuts and nuts gran granola too. are the two that shock Ugh. me every time i weigh them out i'm like i think i know what a serving of granola no. looks like and then i go put it on the scale and i'm like doubled i've doubled yeah. it yeah because it's just it's and tiny just think, it's tiny yeah and just think <laughs> like if you're not tracking your food and like maybe you are working with someone and you're reporting this you might actually be eating three servings of granola versus right. the one serving. So right. you might be eating more than and you're you like, think. Coach, why isn't it working? Yeah. Well, you might be eating more than you think. <laughs> yeah. So that's why tracking is so important because, and it doesn't have to be forever, but if you've never done it before, you need to learn these mm -hmm. things because you need to learn how big an actual medium sweet potato is <laughs> and assert like six ounces of chicken because it's a right. lot less than you think. And a tablespoon of peanut butter, like right. we've been tracking for years and we still fuck it up. So oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and we have this, I wanted to mention this little, so now I use it for espresso because I have these two espresso cups and one of them broke. So now I use this thing for espresso. Oh, yeah, but we have this little tray. It's like a soy sauce tray. It's yeah, tiny. Yeah. And I think that it holds like a serving of nuts pretty well, like a serving of it almonds does. like or something like that. Actually, I've actually been able to fit two servings in that thing. Oh, really? Because that's how small a <laughs> serving size. of. I guess it depends on the nut. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if I put two servings of almonds in it, it would be like yeah. slightly overflowy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. not as. So you could big. like, you know, you could theoretically weigh that out, have yeah. something like that yeah. where, you know, so now you don't have to track it because you're like, no, this will yeah. hold this many nuts. And use and the same container. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. So yeah. yeah that so kind that's of, a, like little tricks around the kitchen, I guess. Yeah. So that's a great <laughs> strategy. But you know, if, if you get really stressed out thinking about tracking your calories, like it can't be done. You just have to eat less, yeah. but that means you have to be, you still have to be aware of what you're eating and how much you're eating yeah. because you can't lose body fat early now if you're not in a caloric deficit. So you just have to be really on right. point if you're not tracking and then yes. make sure you're getting your protein in. So yeah. Okay. Question number three, I keep having lower back pain when I do squats and deadlifts and any other hinge movements. Any tips? First and foremost, you should definitely see a solid physical therapist. Yes. Shout out Christina, Dr. Christina. We interviewed her on the podcast. You should listen. You should listen to her. She's helped Heather with her back pain. She's she's amazing. So, okay. While you are working with a physical therapist, if you choose to do so, which I highly recommend, you can do regressions or shorten range of motion uh, uh, movements for whatever uh, you know, squat, 
variation you're working on, hinge variation, deadlifting, etc. Just find a tolerable pain threshold that you can work within, right? My main, the main issue I see with this is that you, with back pain in general, is that you probably need to strengthen the hips and work on connect, connecting to the glutes more. And when I say strengthening, strengthening the hips, most of the time I see weak glute, glute medius muscles, so like the side of your hip, right, and weak hip flexors. So those are the two thing, two go to things that I start training for people while they're working with a physical therapist, of course, and I work in tandem with them usually, and. If they are doing, if we do have some sort of like deadlift variation or squat variation, I'll put a lot more movements in their warm up. So it, those movements will be those, you know, small, like tedious movements, like the glute kickbacks, the glute bridges, et cetera. So they can connect to their glutes before going into their big compound movement. And we can see how the pain helps or see how the pain does in that in that workout. So, yeah. So you'll definitely want to get some opinions from medical providers like Katie said, right? Like in we do recommend a physical therapist who understands strength training yeah. versus like a primary care and medical doctor, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, um, they're just going to tell you to never squat and deadlift yeah, again. So, so when I went stupid. to get my back checked out by a doctor for the first time, he told me not to deadlift ever again, which was is straight up bad advice, right? But if you can see someone who can help you get to the root cause of the problem uh, versus trying to give you a Band-Aid and say, don't do that anymore, uh, then your trainer can also help better help program for you either in conjunction with the physical therapist or the the sports doctor or after the physical therapist or the sports doctor right and if it's a chronic issue like i have um i likely have a herniated discs uh and some something going on with my si joint um so if it's like a chronic issue you've had for a while you can at least if you go to a, a good pt you can usually determine what it might be and what could help alleviate some pain while you're strengthening the weak areas to help with the problem so like for instance, I could go get an MRI right now, right? And I could know if my disc is herniated. But the reality is, and I talked to Christina, the physical therapist about this, I wouldn't change anything if I knew the disc was herniated. Yeah. I'm not going to get surgery. I'm not going to go get shots or anything. I'm managing everything right now very well. And I have a plan, right? So I'm managing my inflammation. I'm keeping my discs lubricated through movement. And I'm strengthening the weak areas to prevent further injury in the future. So... What Christina did for me, which was great, is help me identify great movements to add to my routine to help me, um, you know, kind of prime and figure out how to not have pain and, and get everything lubricated and ready to go before I lift. Um, and then also help me to figure out a pain scale that I can work within if I'm ever recovering from a flare up. So if I like sit too long, that's when my back really starts hurting. Like if I'm really consistent with my workouts and I'm doing a lot of movement, I don't necessarily have a lot of pain. But if I sit too long or I go on like a, a run on like yeah. pavement, sometimes I get pain. Um, and so I have movements that will help with that. And Christina helped me with that. And then while I'm doing the movements, I have a pain scale that I'm allowed to work within. Like it's not going to be pain free when I'm in a flare up. Right. It's, it's going to hurt a little bit, but I have a number that I'm allowed to have pain till. And that really helped wrap my mind around training because a lot of people think, well, if it hurts, I shouldn't do it. Right. And that really isn't the case. There's there's like a there's a scale there, and that's where a medical professional is needed. A personal trainer can't tell you that. Yeah, it's not black and white like that. Yeah. Like movement is always going to be the best medicine, hands down. So, and like Heather said, it's never going to be pain free when you have an injury. It's going to hurt. You just have to be aware of how bad it's hurting and be aware of you yourself. Like for me, I would just probably push, push, push through <laughs> right. and like go up to an eight and be like, I'm fine still. I can do this. <laughs> Whereas some people are like, they don't even want it to hurt at all yeah. because they get scared. And right. but movement literally is medicine. So yeah, I, I guess it just depends on how bad your back hurts when you're doing these movements. Like it could just be a simple 
simple thing or a simple practice of hiring a personal trainer. They can really get their eyes on your movement, your form, technique, help correct some things there, program for you. So they are strengthening the hips, strengthening the glutes, and then maybe your back pain will go away. But maybe you've tried that with a personal trainer. It's time to see a physical therapist. And again, like the physical therapist and the personal trainer should work in tandem with each other. Yeah. So I had a I have a client right now and she's she she's a rock star at hockey and she was having this I think she had some pinched nerve in her neck and she was doing some physical therapy movements and we were still training and nothing was getting better but what we figured out was she just needed more progression right mm-hmm. so she was doing a lot of like you know shoulder external rotation drills shoulder shoulder internal ro- rotation drills a lot of upper back work but a lot of the stuff was body weight with bands so we we kind of talked about it together and we were just like, well, why don't we just try to add some more weight and progress them? And it, it definitely helped. Right. Yeah. And she's still obviously like she talked to her physical therapist about it, but we were just progressing the movement she was doing in physical therapy. So that's why it's important to have both. Right. Unless you really, really know what you're doing. I would recommend working with both in tandem because also I've trained many clients who have had either shoulder injury, a lot, you know, whatever injury. And I force them to go to physical therapist and I have them bring me what the physical, what movements the physical therapist prescribed to them. And nine times out of 10, the client is not going to do that shit on their own other than physical therapy. So that's why I like to work with them while they're in rehab for it, because I make them do their movements with me. Right. So I'm maybe I'm doing those movements in our warm up or something or like in between sets or something just to make sure that they're getting the work in for it, because Again, most people aren't going to do it and it's really frustrating, but you have to put in the boring, tedious work if you want to get out of pain and not resort to surgery because it's literally yeah. the worst thing you could do. You have to move like movement is medicine. Don't rest it. Don't sit there and ice it. You need to work out the problem with movement. So Yes. Yes. Okay. So if you want to learn more about training after an injury and what happens after physical therapy, we have a podcast episode on that. It's episode 22. Oh, wow. So long ago. I know. It seems so, it long, seems ago. so long ago. Well, babies, what it, we're almost at 100. Well, not almost. We have like, what are we at, 80-ish? Well, I don't know, I don't know what it will be at when this podcast drops. Oh, that's drops. true. Probably like high 80s, but wow. <laughs> wow. We'll so go. Anywho, <laughs> so... If you want to see yeah. us get to 100... <laughs> Please keep listening and, and rate, rate this re- or rate this podcast. <laughs> review. review it, all of the above. Share it with your all of your friends. Cool, lame, and in between. And follow us on the social media yes. at Bar Pad Fitness. All right, peace out.